Hey everyone, and welcome to Triple B. We are Grant and Rebecca, two Purdue students and best friends who love talking anything sports. From Big Ten ballers to the big leagues, it's all here on the Boiler Buzzer Beater. Hello everybody and welcome back to Boiler Buzzer Beater. Is it recording? It is. Oh, lovely. Um, so we are back again on another lovely Sunday evening here at Purdue. Um, the weather is pretty nice out tonight, isn't it, Grant? It's very nice. Very weird for November, but that's Indiana weather for you. Yeah, it was snowing on Halloween, and now here we are um, on November 5th, and it's like 60 degrees out. But, you know, I will take it. Um, I have no complaints. So if it could just, like, stay nice and warm. It is supposed bit. to stay nice. Uh, high 70 this week. Oh, Wednesday, lovely. high 70. Yeah, which is crazy. Love to hear it. Maybe it'll uh, calm down some of those people that think that Christmas can start the day after Halloween. Dude, I was in Barnes Noble this weekend, and they were playing holiday music the no. whole time I was in there. Wrong. Like, it is early November. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Exactly. Like, play all the Black Friday deal ads you want, you know, Thanksgiving ads, whatever. But Christmas? No. Yep. December 1st is when you can start. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe the weather will calm some people down a little bit. Let's give let's let Halloween finish up and take its toll. I personally think that uh, Halloween goes a couple days past Halloween. Like I could still watch a Halloween movie tonight and like be okay with it. True. But then a little bit of Thanksgiving, you know, some fall vibes, and then into Christmas. Let Christmas have its time and its place. It gets a whole month of December. You know, like let's not let's not get crazy here. True that. But enough Christmas talk, Rebecca. We need to talk some, uh, well, it's not really a holiday, but Purdue losing to Michigan in football. <laughs> I mean, who could have seen this coming? I mean, everybody yeah. really kind of saw it coming. So Purdue lost to Michigan in Ann Arbor. Final score of 41-13. to 13. Purdue went against the spread there, of course. It's not as bad as I thought, though. I'm going to be I'm gonna be frank. I really did saying. think it was going to be a lot worse. The line was uh, Michigan by 32 and a half, and Purdue said, no, we're going to lose by 28 instead and make it better. I mean, they scored a touchdown, obviously not until the fourth quarter when the Michigan third-string quarterback was already in, but still, um, you know, it's fun fun to see Purdue on the national. They got a national game for it. Like, it was on it was on NBC, oh, wow. uh, eight, eight, like an 8.30 game in Ann Arbor. Time, it's, time. it's also crazy, Rebecca, if you ever – for all, for you listeners out there, you probably know this already, but most, um, you know, being being in Rossade most of the time, it doesn't give you the full college football experience until you see stadiums like uh, Michigan's, which holds like the most seats in the country, and they show like a sky view, and it's crazy. Like, there's so many people, and and it was it's, they're playing Purdue, you know, not a ranked team, not Ohio State, and it still looks like it's sold out there, and I just need to go experience that. It's probably really expensive, but. I need to experience that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, we like our, our little humble abode here at Ross-Aid. But, yeah, no, there are some crazy stadiums out there. And mm-hmm. it, it would be really cool to see game day at some mm-hmm. of them. Georgia or, like, Tennessee, Alabama, any southeastern team is another one I need to go see as well. Yeah, Alabama on game day, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine, yeah. Um, but we're back to Purdue here. So Purdue falls at 2-7, and 1-5 and five in Big Ten play. Not a great start to Ryan Walter's first season. Um, I believe Purdue is also like only like one of the you know we're one of the worst teams like conference play, um, just not great at all. I believe uh, you know one one in six 
won't really get you anywhere, especially they're pretty much there's no more bowl eligibility for Purdue at all. They're not alive anymore. Um, yeah, Purdue is one in five in conference play, tied with uh, IU and Michigan State for the worst record in the conference wise. Um, they still have three more games remaining now, three more opportunities to get some wins. The next one coming up this weekend versus Minnesota here at Rossaid which I'm frankly excited for because Minnesota's 5-4, and four, and I feel like, am I, am I allowed to say that's a, that's a winnable game for Purdue? I mean, am I, I am think I overreacting so. here? No, I mean, some of the games, we've played two very, very tough teams in um, Ohio State and mm-hmm. Michigan. We lost at Nebraska, too, keep that in mind. That's yeah. fair. No, that's a good point. Nebraska's not a great team. But I don't know, yeah, I think, I think it really just kind of depends on the mindset, you know? Um, we'll see if they, like, change anything. I don't think there's been any, like, massive changes over the course of this season. No, I mean, you know? the offense and defense have steadily remained the same. I mean, unless Purdue, right, Coach Walters decides to pull out Hudson Card, he has not been amazing this season, I will say. Um, decides to, to bench him instead and go another another quarterback, but I don't think that'll really change anything for the program. Four straight losses for Purdue football. A 3.30 game on Saturday versus Minnesota. And then at Northwestern, Saturday, November 18th. And then finally, of course, the old Oak and Bucket game um, versus IU here in West Lafayette this year. I will be attending that. It'll be a fun one for sure. I feel like these three games are all winnable. Northwestern, not a great team. Minnesota, decent team. IU, not a great football team. Uh, so just overall, I feel like... I feel like there's a chance. If we could, I mean, that'd be a really, really good way to end out the season. You know, five and four, or we'd be four and five in Big Ten mm-hmm. if we won these last three games, which, you know, not a terrible record when you're, you know, seeing teams like Ohio State, Michigan consistently. So if, yeah, if they could pull out all three, I would be, I'd be pretty content for a first year coach for, you know, a decent amount of changes and still having to play a really big set of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year is going to be way different too. I just got all the details down. So, you know, Big Ten's getting rid of their divisions next year. No more East and West, which makes sense because every year the two best teams were always Michigan and Ohio State, sometimes very very rarely uh, Penn State or Iowa. But most of the time, you're Michigan, Ohio State, and you're adding in four great football teams in USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. And so that'll kind of mix up the you know the conference quite a bit and the best of the – I'm guessing those four teams will be instantly thrown into like best of the conference there. Purdue's going to be playing Oregon next year here at home. But right now, like I think I've said, you know, Washington is a top five team in the country right now, I believe, off the top of my head here. And then USC is also, um, yes, very, very high in the rankings here. The college football playoff, you know, says things a little differently. I'm trying to find the correct standings here. Here we go. CFP rankings, yes. Washington is five. Oregon is six. USC is 20, and UCLA is 19. So those four right there are all ranked, which is great to see for the Big Ten. Yeah, a lot of good big opponents. What do you think that – so, okay, the Big Ten has, you know, we've been our little our little family, I guess, for quite some time. Adding in, uh-huh. adding in four more teams, what do you think that's going to do to, like, the excitement? You know, like, if you're going to, like, a Purdue IU game or even, like – Purdue, Iowa, Purdue, Michigan. Like, you know what you're expecting, you know, in terms of Big Ten crowds. Yeah. But do you think there's going to be people, like, more excited to see these new additions, less excited, about the same? 
Hmm. Well, I think people will be more excited, especially because these teams are added to the conference. So, you know, we're playing good teams, definitely. Now, in terms of attendance-wise, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if people are willing to make the trip out from California or Washington or Oregon all the way to Indiana. Think about this. I'm pretty sure Rutgers hosts one of those teams, and Rutgers is all the way in New Jersey. Yeah, opposite coast, literally. Yeah, coast to coast. And I can't imagine yet the players are going to have to fly all the way over there. And I know this deal for all these teams was solely was around football, but it does impact all the other sports as well. And there have been like, you know, discussions breaking out, especially from Big Ten athletes who are like, "Hey, I know I play three games, two or three games a week, and now I have to travel the country, the whole entire country, instead of just the Midwest, which is more manageable." You know, they might have to be traveling to Washington or Oregon instead. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, like jumping ahead a little bit, but Purdue women's basketball is. Uh, playing at UCLA on Monday mm-hmm. um and you know they're in California right now so they're they're spending their whole weekend you know on the west coast which I mean hey props to them I'm sure they're say, having a great time about being Cali for not having to pay for it for a few exactly. days but. but yeah like if you know they're still students you know and so they're still having to miss it could be more more time away from classes you know less time to spend on homework etc which I know I'm sure that's like the first thing on their minds but yeah no I mean there's a lot of implications for the athletes themselves because like you know, it's one thing for football where they only play one game a weekend, um, and it's almost always guaranteed to be on the weekend, except for like an occasional Friday. But you know, basketball, soccer, volleyball—you have a lot of these like midweek games, or you'll play two games, you know, within yeah. the week. So that that is a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. That yeah, like yeah, like you said, yeah, football so usually solely plays on Saturdays, so those football players only have to make that thing that journey once a week, whereas other athletes might have to play multiple games, like you said, volleyball. Even other sports, too, have to make those trips and uh, journeys. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those other athletes. But, again, this was solely about football, money, Big Ten, you know. All about no the money. And all, it's, everything's about the money. Yeah. That's why all those teams that left the Pac, they all left the Pac-12 because they wanted more money. Yeah. So they all went to the you know, Big 12, uh, S, uh, SEC, but others, other conferences were willing to take them in because they knew they could get more money. Uh, anyways. Let's move on from some football here, Rebecca. Let's get into some basketball. Uh, men's basketball, I was so excited. I was back in Mackey last week, able to watch Purdue winning an exhibition game against Grace College, who, by the way, I had to look up. They are not in the NCAA conference, or uh, not even con- NCAA association. They are in the NAIA, which is below the NCAA. So they're not even Division Three. They're lower than that. They are up in uh, northern, based out of northern Indiana, uh, Purdue won 98-51, a great 47-point win. They ended up benching, uh, playing their bench players a lot of minutes, and even the walk-ons got to get some time, Chase Martin, Carson Bennett. Uh, I got to see Will Berg for the first time play some minutes. He got a stand, not a standing ovation, but he got a, you could definitely tell a nice ovation from the crowd hitting his first Purdue minutes. And then I saw him get uh, dunked on by the Grace College Center, and they immediate, they were immediate, Matt Painter was immediately like, okay, Edie, get back in the game because Edie's 100 pounds heavier than and then I saw Wilberg at Triple X yesterday. Oh, nice. So oh. he's working on that uh, size difference there. Yeah, you better tell him that he needs to get back, get in the gym. But uh, Purdue had a slow start, but they pr- improved for the first half. Um, I only, I was only able to stay for the first half, unfortunately. I had to get some dinner. I had not eaten. I made the bad decision of not eating. But I also knew it was probably going to be a blowout game. Uh, I will be attending tomorrow's game, though. Purdue will be playing Sanford, Co- Sanford uh, University out of the Southern Conference. 
uh, their first the first actual regular season game tomorrow, opening up at Mackey Arena. Um, but yeah, back to the exhibition game real quick. Some other notes there. Uh, Lance Jones, the transfer from uh, Southern Illinois, I believe, had some good minutes. He was starting alongside Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer at the at the three. He looked really good. He hit a lot of shots. He was kind of that David Jenkins Jr. veteran role that we had last year, and Jenkins graduated. So Lance Jones, he's a fifth year. Uh, it's good to have that veteran leadership. And then Trey Kaufman Wren played the four. They they basically benched Caleb first from last season. I believe Caleb first played the four uh, some minutes. But yeah, Trey Kaufman Wren, he looked great, honestly. For you know, this is his technically his second year. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um he, he looked great. Um Played well alongside Edie. He gives you that kind of like, hey, that we know they're gonna pass to Edie, but you also have Kaufman Wren who can who can act who can dribble and like, you know, spin move, you know, take do whatever it takes, dribble, cross you over. Uh Brain Smith also looked good. He did have a little few few turnovers at the beginning of the, the, the game, but uh he definitely looked better. And last but not least, Zach Edie attempted a three point shot. Oh my goodness. You never thought this? I'd see the day. Can you believe this? Yeah, he had 19 points overall, nine rebounds, and only 17 minutes. And Purdue was plus 38 when he was on the floor. But that's crazy. If that's a sign to show that Edie has been practicing his shot, I know it's an exhibition game, but if he can attempt even just some mid-range shots too, like even just go, you know, by the free throw line or you know within within the three-point arc. I mean, it's not that hard to be like, hey, you add these shots to your repertoire, and you become an absolute unstoppable. You're basically you're getting close to Victor Womanyama at that point, but with more weight there, and that that's crazy. That's great to see from him. Uh, but like I said, yes, next game is tomorrow night against Samford. I will be. I'm I'm trying to go to every men's game this season. I was not able to do it last year, but I feel like that's kind of like it's my junior year. I need to be need to be able to do that, and I'm gonna try to do that with women's too. But we're gonna see if I can do both. <laughs> that's a tough task to ask for me. Is. That's a lot of games. They got a long. Yeah, I wish I lived closer to Mackey Arena. I don't. I live about 30 minutes away, so a 30-minute walk. So um, we'll see if we can make that work. It is a trek. I will be seeing – I might have not mentioned this already. I'm not sure. But over winter break, I'm going to get to see both Purdue men's and women's play at University of Maryland. Um, oh, nice. They play January 2nd and January 6th. So I'm super excited to get a little double dose of Purdue while I'm home for break. Nice. Yeah, you you were able to do that with volleyball, weren't you? Um, yeah, earlier this I was home year? last year. Oh, last year. Yeah, I was over winter break last year. Um, it was like the closing out of their the volleyball season. Um, I got to go see Purdue play at Maryland, which it's super fun living close to another Big Ten school because yeah, every so often if the schedule lines up, get a chance to to see some more Purdue homies. Yeah, that's great. That's great, honestly, and I just can't wait for Purdue basketball in general, men's and women's. Uh, Rebecca, women's basketball is coming up tomorrow night, too, at UCLA. Uh, what do you think of the ladies taking on their first opponent of the season and just the season in general? Like, any any, any just, like, like high hopes you have for the team? Yeah, I mean, hopes are sky high. Obviously, we did not um, get the performance we wanted in the NCAA tournament last year. But, I mean, hey, we made it, you know, and that's the first step. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting game um, against UCLA. UCLA is a very good team. Uh, they're ranked number four in the AP preseason poll, um, so that's a really good challenge. But also maybe a glimpse at how you know we'll fare against some other top teams we encounter. Like I don't know, cough cough, another Ohio upset. That would be mm-hmm. pretty sick. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a really good opportunity this season. You know, we've seen that the the rookies are crazy. You know, Rashonda Jones. I'm excited to see what she's able to do. 
Um, but yeah, no, we've got some powerhouse returners. We've got some really nice rookies coming in and obviously just Katie Gerald. you know, she brings the fun. She brings the energy. She's like so, so passionate about the team. Her shoe game goes crazy. Mm. Um, could talk about that lady forever, but yeah, sure. no, I'm just super excited for the season. Um, it's her third year, so it's, it's time to start getting down to business. You know, she's had her, uh, her little newbie moment, right? But yeah, no, we're going to get serious and we're going to, we're going to do really well this season. Yeah, we've had the chance to talk to Coach Gerald's last year and just like what she's been, you know, expectations for the team and how she's been hoping for them to improve. Um, it's just great to see the growth that they have. I mean, they made the big, uh, the the NCAA tournament, excuse me, for the first time in a few years last year, and they're hoping to repeat that this year. Um, and like you said, they're hoping to upset some top 10 teams. They're going to play a few this year. IU, of course. Iowa, um, I'm sure. Iowa, Ohio State probably uh, will be up there. And it's definitely going to be a challenge for this team. I'm excited to see uh, how they start off with at number four, UCLA. It's also the uh, 25th anniversary of their national championship um, oh, yeah. in from 1999. So yeah. you never know. Could be a fun time to uh, have another really, really good season. Well, we can't fully get into our basketball seasons without closing out our volleyball. Uh, Purdue won today in five sets against number 16, Penn State. Uh, here at Holloway, I got to attend the first half-ish of this game. Um, they were really dominant throughout the first two sets. Um, they won, I believe, 25-17 to 17 and then 25-13, to 13, I think. Um, so they were putting up a really solid performance against, you know, a ranked team. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell from the first two sets that Penn State outranks us a little bit. Um, they didn't really struggled in the third set, though. Um, they were just, I don't know, it seems like they were just getting a little sloppier or Penn State was, you know, kind of getting into their rhythm or what. But it was good that Purdue was able to come back um, and take that five-set win. It's always good when you can get those, like, last-minute kind of critical moments put away. Um, I don't know what was going on with the ball today, but we kept hitting the Penn State girls in the face. In the, in the face? Yep, like, fully, like, spike down, like, take it in the head. I was wondering if there was a, was, is there, is there a foul against for doing that, but no. apparently not. It's just no. part just of the game. Gotta be able to hit it back, I guess. Um, but that was kind of funny to watch. You know, no serious injuries or anything. Um, so that's always good. But I mean, volleyball's got a really, really solid season going. Uh, they're fifteen and eight overall, nine and five in conference. Um, we have six games left. Uh, three at home, three are away. But we only have one more ranked opponent in number two, Wisconsin. So that's going to be a really big challenge. But I mean, other than that, I think those five games could be ours. Um, and if we do, I mean, 14 and five would be a really good way to end the season. I mean, that's a great record, mm -hmm. you know, so I would I'm really interested to see what happens the rest of the season. Purdue is also you're saying there's only one more team against a ranked team. Purdue is five and three right now against top 25 teams, which is pretty good. Yeah. Considering the only two um, matches they've dropped or since September, start of September, excuse me, the only two matches they've dropped to top 25 teams were Wisconsin and Nebraska so after yeah. September. So that, that's like top three, basically. Third, yeah, one and two, basically. So yeah. yeah, one and two. So yeah, so they're they should be third in the Big Ten, especially after defeating Penn State. I'm pretty sure they swept the season series now mm -hmm. with them. So um, yeah, this is, has been a great season for them. We, they got six more games, correct? I'm hoping you yeah. attend the uh, the Wisconsin game. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be big. Another little fun note to add: um, Chloe Chacoin, she. Uh, just broke a record today, actually. Um, the recorded the most kills in a match since Caitlin Newton in uh, February of 2021. But Chloe Chacoin had 27 kills today. Um, and yeah, I mean, she was doing her thing. She was going crazy, lighting up Holloway. 
place. Yeah, she's been doing great, and she's a she's a freshman. That's crazy. Yeah, no, watching her play has been unreal. Um, she does not play like a freshman. I mean, obviously, she's still got some minor things in terms of like play with the team specifically and like positioning in regards to other players, but like her individual game is is on point. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin Newton is Fe- February twenty twenty one. She had the most kills um, before Chloe Chicoin. And she was, was probably a fourth, senior, a senior or fifth year there. So that's crazy. Absolutely. You know, very dominant. I mean, I think Purdue has seen that a lot, like Purdue volleyball. We've had some really dominant freshmen in the last couple of years. You know, obviously Chloe right now. Um, we had Eva last Eva year. Yep. But yeah, it's. I, mean, I guess Raven Colvin was a freshman the year before that and did really well. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we've. it's always kind of part of a, a younger team. And so that's kind of fun to be able to see them over the course of four years, you know. If they're able to kind of keep the uh, keep the level of intensity, if you will, but I mean, it's a great team to watch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, six more games. You can list them out here. Purdue plays at Minnesota November tenth, uh, so they get a few days off until Friday before they play their next game. And then versus Michigan State here at Holloway November twelfth on a Sunday, and then versus Wisconsin number two Wisconsin November seventeenth. Then versus Maryland, who Rebecca, you said Maryland is not ranked, but they might give Purdue some challenge. Yeah. Um. One of the things that I've kind of noticed about Maryland, like overall, the couple times I've seen them, is they're a very like kind of chaotic team. Um. I think Purdue tends to stay like in formation really, really well, and you know all the players kind of move in sync, and you know exactly where someone's going to be. Um. Maryland doesn't really seem to do that. It kind of just looks like they don't know what they're doing. But I guess there's a method to their madness. Um. Because it seems like Purdue always struggles with like reading reading where the ball's coming from just because it's kind of all over the place. As well as, you know, we uh, if a team stays in kind of in their same formation with like within the court, you can kind of tell where the spaces are gonna be and tend to put the ball obviously, you know, near those spaces. Um, but Maryland is just kinda all over the place. So we we've struggled with them in the past. Um, we lost to them last year we were one and one. And I think we've beat them once so far this year. I could be wrong. But last year we beat we lost at home and then we beat them at Maryland and I was at that yeah, game. Yeah, we won at Maryland this year. Yeah. Okay. 22nd. There we go. So I mean, one could hope. We just gotta gotta stay with it. But yeah, they're they're always an interesting team. Um, you know, like I said, not being ranked, but it's definitely a very different style of play than from the rest of the Big Ten teams. It seems like. Yeah, I'm just excited for Purdue volleyball in general. It seems like this year is a great great season to close out. Um. And then Big Ten tournament comes up after that, I believe, Rebecca. Yeah, um, we play until like the end of November, and so early December, I believe, is when the Big Ten tournament starts. Yeah, that's what because I, I was able to see. It might have been a Big Ten tournament game that I was at at winter break last year, but now yeah, their season runs fairly late, um, and obviously we're hoping for a substantial playoff run. You know, maybe into the, tur- the NCAA tournament. Um, but yeah, that that tournament goes for a little while, but I believe it starts in December. Well, sounds good. Well, let's move on from volleyball then. We got a lot of stuff in there for that. And on to our overtime segment. Let's go. Whoop. So for today's overtime, I was oh, thinking a lot about the news in general. Um, more specifically, um, I think that there's some really fun sports headlines. And mm-hmm. so I think sometimes that we um, forget about the crazy things that happen in sports. Um, and so for today's overtime, I like to call this This Day in Sports. So we have a couple different events um, that all took place um, today, I guess, when we're filming on November 5th. Um, in various years, 
Um, starting in, let's see, we got a couple of various ones here. Um, for example, 1996, uh, Derek Jeter wins the unanimous rookie of the year, um, which is pretty neat. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Derek Jeter is considered one of the best baseball players of all time, so that that is pretty significant. So. Yeah. Um, and then in 2022, last year, uh, Ovechkin, I gotta love him. Caps Ovechkin, yeah. For the Caps, uh, he took the top spot for the most NHL goals scored for one team with 787. Nice. That's an insane number to me. Nice. It'd be nice to if we both knew some more hockey because hockey's going on right now and it, it's pretty underrated as a sport. I'd say you know most people yeah. don't really talk about it unless you're a diehard hockey fan or you're just interested in the sport in general. Yeah, I mean, during the winter, D.C. gets pretty hyped about uh, about hockey when your choices are either the uh, current performance of the Wizards or <laughs> to follow the Caps. Yeah, e- um, even the Commanders are not, oh, not fun to watch. Good God. But yeah, no, I mean, the Caps, Capitals, I guess. Um, they would. Be, I've never been to a game, but I'd like to. Maybe this year? I don't know. We'll see. 1982, Cleveland Cavaliers set a record for most consecutive losses with 24. Uh, that might have been overtaken, I'm pretty sure. Not maybe at that time it was. I feel like you know some recent teams been like 2015, 2016, 76ers were very bad. Um, yeah, twenty four straight losses definitely, definitely understand why LeBron wanted to come back and be like, hey, we need a championship. Um, that's 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 also all in the past. There, nineteen seventy eight. We're going back here. Nineteen. Uh, John Madden with the Raiders became the thirteenth coach with a hundred win, hundred wins. John Madden, of course, legendary NFL coach. 1971, the Lakers started a 33-game consecutive win streak, so the opposite of the Cavaliers. Uh, this is before the Showtime Lakers. And then 1940, Walter Johnson won 413 games for the Washington Senators, loses the Maryland congr- 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 congressional race. Excuse me. Struggling a little bit. I don't know why I'm struggling with that there, but yep, Walter Johnson. Um, I found that interesting. You found that interesting? Um, the Senators was kind of the precursor to the... Um, the Nationals, they were part of, like, the first... They were one of eight founding teams in the... I believe it was just called the American League, but, like, the precursor to the MLB. Um, But, yeah, this guy, Walter Johnson, won 413 games, and that's... I don't know. I mean, I know baseball has, like, a lot longer seasons, but 413 games seems like kind of a lot. And that's just wins. That's not even how many, like, he played or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found it funny that they added in the fact that um, today was the day that he lost the Maryland congressional race. I know, you know, people had a lot more duality back in the day because you could kind of, uh, you had, I guess you had more time, I don't know, to be a professional baseball player Maybe. and then run for Congress. I mean, um, Deion Sanders was in, I mean, this is not, this is not congressional, but I mean, there are, there are athletes there like Deion Sanders who played multiple sports at the time back in the day. You don't really see it this very often anymore. Yeah, that's but wild. he played MLB baseball and football at the same time. And he was, and he appeared in a World Series. Wow. crazy but it's crazy imagine like having to split your time between two different sports there that's i mean i feel like it would just feel like college in a way too you know you're if you've mm-hmm. got a fall sport and a winter sport and then all of a sudden yeah. you gotta go back. usually some athletes like uh most recently kyler murray quarterback for the arizona cardinals the nfl um he played college baseball and football and got an offer from the oakland a's so it's like hey well like if we draft you and he's like yeah i'm just gonna go play football instead which is interesting because, you know, baseball, definitely, if you're really good, it, it pays a lot more money than football. But Kyler Murray was in an interesting situation where he's quarterback, and quarterback does make a lot of money as well compared to other positions on the team. So may, I guess it was a win for him. I mean, he's been he's been making quite a bit of money so far with the Cardinals. 
for sure. I feel like the discrepancy in baseball, like, I feel like there's a wider range between the highest paid and the lowest paid. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maybe. NFL, there aren't a ton of players that are, like, paid ridiculous contracts, but there's a lot yeah, more, it like, depends. Yeah. Th- I feel like the median is higher. Maybe. I'd, I'd say more so NBA, the median is higher, because you could see, full, especially, like, run, NFL running backs, they don't make a ton of money anymore, but you see, you see, like, an NBA player who will get paid, like, $10, 15000000 million, and they're, like, a bench player. Like, contracts in the NBA are exploding like crazy. Like, uh, is it Giannis or someone just signed, like, a, it'll be, like, eventually, like, $60 million a year, which for basketball, that's never happened before. And it's the salary cap and just, like, inflation, too. It just, money just keeps going up and up. And it'll be like that every year from year on out. Well, and I feel like with with football, too, there's so many different contracts they can sign. Like, you've got, I mean, because you start with a roster of, like, I don't know, like 150 guys or whatever it is, and you have to cut it down to, like, you're starting, like, what is it, like 52 or something. Um, but they have all these, like, practice rosters, and I found out that uh, through TikTok specifically um, with uh, Isaac Rochelle that they can, like, be activated, like, from the practice like practice squad, suit up for games, and then go right back to the practice squad, but they can do this multiple times. So, like, he was he played in, like, four consecutive weeks but was still considered on the practice squad and, like, getting the practice squad salary, but I guess they get, like, bonuses per game. I don't know. But I don't – that's – their contracts are wild. Because, like, soccer doesn't really have that. Like, you're, you're signed for a whole season pretty much because, like, I know NBA will do, like, injury replacement. I mean, I guess soccer does a couple injury replacement or, like, national team replacement contracts. Um but in the um in NBA, what is it? They've got like the you can get like a fifteen day contract or like ten day contract yeah. is the lowest, but that's like like maybe probably like a hundred thousand. The the minimum vet like veteran minimum you can get is like two million, three million a year. Damn. So still not bad. I mean, if you've been playing a league for a while and you've started to like you know, kind of your abilities have gone down a bit and you can't really play like you used to, yeah, you'll definitely be sad like, oh, I'm getting two, three million dollars a year while this guy's getting, you know, fifty million, but that's reserved for the superstars, which is crazy. Crazy like LeBron James, he's 38 and he's still getting paid like 50 million a year. Like most Wild. guys that age or not. Have Talk about not a retirement fund right there. Oh yeah, he's like the highest paid player in like basketball, at least or like even in sports. I want to say because all the endorsements he has as well. The endorsements are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know Ronaldo's definitely up there. If you oh yeah, no. No, we're talking all these sports, but it's it's no contest compared to soccer. Like those guys get paid those contracts hundred million a year. Like it's crazy, especially Insane. like if they go play overseas. Like um, what is it like SAE like Saudi Arabia? Yeah, they like, got uh, yeah, hell of money. Yeah, they will pay a lot of money for you know, good soccer. That's what Ronaldo did. And I think Messi, why do you think Messi's here? Messi told well, Messi turned it down. Yeah, and he went decided to play in the U.S. And so I think people were surprised by that because. Yeah. Probably got a huge contract offer. Uh, Neymar, uh, not Neymar, uh, Mbappe got an offer from, uh, I don't know who was, one of the teams uh, like Middle East area that was like, hey, come play for us and we'll give you, I don't, I forget how much, it, I think it was like, it was several hundred millions of dollars and I think he turned it down. I forget why, but that, that's that's just crazy. Like that, Those guys can make that much money. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess they're deserving of the contracts because if you look at what Messi's done with like MLS attendance and like the cost of tickets, um, at first people really weren't happy about it. Honestly, like there's been a long time fans of Inter Miami, and they're like, you know, now I'm having to pay like two hundred dollars just to get like nosebleed seats to a game. You know, there people were talking about how like they've had season tickets for years and years, and all of a sudden, like what they're having to pay for the same season tickets is like five times the amount. 
So, I mean, I guess it's, you know, a double-edged sword there. You know, it's it's obviously really cool to have that caliber of talent playing domestically. Um, and, I mean, they won, I'm pretty sure they won the championship this year. So, I guess it's paying off. But, yeah, you just have to people deal with people being ups, upset about uh, ticket prices. Yeah. Gotta pay his salary somehow. Exactly. I think that's a good end for Boiler Buzzer Eater today here we, we've we've gone on a nice like nice little rant there for the end of overtime absolutely it's always a great discussion um we love coming in and talking with each other as well as talking for you guys so until next time i am rebecca i am here with grant and this has been boiler buzzer beater good night guys yeah.